You're listening to Chew on That. And here's what we're chewing on today. As you've seen, of course, we're in the middle of a series where we're talking about something that I think is so relevant, I think is so necessary, where I think is so taboo, almost even. In our culture, we're spending 10 weeks talking about feelings. And I'm not going to obviously speak all of them. Pastor Dallas did an amazing job last week. He's going to do at least one more. Uh, Pastor Sonny, Pastor Becky, and Pastor Barry, they're all going to do one. But today, I want to talk about one that was really important for me to do myself. I want to share a message we're calling the Great Depression. Hey, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Pastor Keith, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hey, this week we are discussing uh, week number three from the sermon series, No Hard Feelings. Again, my name is Pastor Keith. Joining me as pretty much always... Hi, it's me, Pastor Dallas. All right. Oh it's, it's been it's been probably winter since that, since yes. he, since he did a voice. All right. Yes. That's, I don't know what the voice was. That was but... just a radio DJ. Like, oh. all right, let's go. Let's listen to some. You know, you listen to. <laughs> I can't think of a radio station. Caleb. 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 Yes. I I, and unless I'm you Megan. don't like Caleb, <laughs> then they weren't listening. And to then, in which case, yeah, it wasn't. Really and right this now. is Megan. Yeah. What's up? What's it would up, be guys? really cool if K-Love had a guy like that who was kind of stuck in like the 80s like, you listen to K-Love, all right, let's go. <laughs> I don't know. I I accidentally had like the normal radio on the other day and uh-huh. I just, I don't know. Like non-Christian, you mean by normal? Yeah, yeah. like one of the local they stations. They like to push the envelope a little bit. Yeah, yeah. they push the envelope. Hey, am I allowed to say this right like, now? Like, I used to listen actually like pretty religiously to the radio when I would drive to work. Not when I worked here, but, I, and I'd like to come into work with like a something that I heard on the radio. Like, yeah. hey, did you guys know, you know, I heard this on the radio yes. this morning. Like, I'd like to do that. And so, but I feel like the stories that they're telling, I'm like, man, I heard that story before. Yes. Like, or I've heard you make that joke before. So I'm just like, get out of here. I'm done. Yeah, I get, I get the <laughs> did you knows from like podcasts now. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that Ashton Kutcher is considered a genius. Like he has an IQ of like 161. Wow, I really? didn't know that yeah. either. I learned that on a podcast. He and just he's gets a twin. better and better. I know. <laughs> I know. He's like, looking, yeah. he's funny and smart. Oh, mm. no wonder he's married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, ladies, he's yes. taken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good times. Uh, so what do we know? I know I brought up the energy because we're going to talk about depression. So, That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, okay. So we're going to talk about depression. That was what this uh, message was about. It was, yes. the, uh, um, Sean did this message, uh, probably about four years ago in a three years ago, four um, years ago. It was 2019. 2019. Yeah. yeah. So this is a rehash of a previous message that when he, uh, he, he had the, he, he said it. He told the staff he was going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "So I'm going to add some some yes as as the as three years have passed. Uh, I'm going to I'm change some stuff up, but update some stuff." He's like, "But as I reread this message, uh, it was written pre-pandemic." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he goes, "As I, I didn't even realize it was just months before the pandemic was going to mm-hmm. hit that I was writing a message that is essentially a letter to yes to Christi- our, our Christianity in mm-hmm. during the pandemic and." It's funny because to go behind the curtain a little bit, he did talk about depression three years ago, but in a way this is, a, it's a different message from that one too, because of the timing. But I also know because I think my, 
you know, my wife does the notes for him. And yeah. I think my wife was like, well, if it's the same message, I have the notes saved. <laughs> like, AK, I can have it done now. And he's like, no, it's going to be different. And and yeah. it was, it was different. She couldn't use old yeah. stuff to come into yep. it. So, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. So a similar topic that I think, you know, which obviously from my experience, you know, needed to be talked about again. Totally. And, um, and, and talked to, and to the point where I would, it was very vocal, we're not really a, a, a loud amening church and clapping a lot church, but we were that Sunday uh, because I think it was something where people were like, I needed to hear that. Yes. And I need to know I'm not alone in that, yeah. which is which is very interesting because I think that was my perspective on week two is you're not alone in this. And I love that Pastor kind of talked about that on depression because it's not a thing that you that people love to talk about or love to say they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was very thankful that how he navigated this message. Totally agree. And I said before, books for me that were written before 2020 where they're kind of like, uh, you know, they're trying to teach me something. I'm a little bit like, okay, but like how much am I really going to get from this? Because I feel like the the playing field has changed so much now post pandemic in what we've learned. And I remember hearing this this message uh, three years ago and I don't know that I took a lot out of it. I was yeah. just like, okay, I don't, I'm not clinically depressed. So I don't know if this is for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then hearing it this past Sunday, I was like, whoa, yeah. like it hits totally different. And yeah. the things that I feel way more even equipped and like mm-hmm. understanding yeah. after that message too. Um, but yeah, we've, if you say that you haven't gone through something in the last two years, you probably are lying, yeah. right? Like, I think we've all gone through something like yes. whether it be a, a small disappointment, a big disappointment, uh, or truly depression. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah the scale's 100%. pretty big. Depression, it's debilitating. Winston Churchill, who famously struggled with it, called it the black dog. He felt like it hunted him. It haunted him. At one point, Abraham Lincoln was so depressed, he said, I'm now the most miserable man living. If what I feel were equally distributed to the whole human family, there wouldn't be one cheerful face on earth. To remain as I am, it is impossible. I must either die or get better. A couple years ago, the New York Post published an article about a mental health crisis at Yale University. In the article, psychology professor Lori Santos said more than half of their undergraduate students were seeking treatment from the university for their mental health for depression. This is Yale, one of the most elite established institutions in the world. It proves that depression, it's debilitating and it's everywhere. It's in small towns, in big cities, schools and businesses, governments and even churches. Yeah, I, I, I love that because it's, it's something that, I, mean, I don't love that. I don't love that it's, it's heading everywhere. But I think the thing that, that made me think about that when it's especially churches, mm-hmm. is sometimes we think that church doesn't have people who struggle with depression. Or it's and, not supposed to. Or it's not supposed to. And so what came to my head was, was Matthew chapter nine, where, uh, you know, I love it because in Matthew chapter nine, it's like verse nine, um, Jesus calls Matthew, the tax collector, to come be one of his disciples. And I take it as later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples at his home as dinner's guests with many tax collectors and other 
disreputable sinners. And so what I what what I loved is 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 Matthew was very excited, like I get to be a disciple. Let's party. Like, you know, let's celebrate. And then it says, but the Pharisees saw this. They asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Ugh, I hate that he said that. And then when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I've come to call those who think they are righteous. I For I have... Uh, come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they're sinners. And so to me, I look at that as Jesus saying like, yeah, I, I, I've, this is supposed to be a place for people to heal, not for people to come and be already healed, you know? And so, uh, so that's, what, that's what comes to my mind is we have to remind ourselves that depression is everywhere. Yeah. And that you're not alone in this and that you're not only struggling with this and that uh, that other people who go to work with you, who go to school with you, who go to church with you are also struggling with this Yeah, and, and that you don't have to do this on your own. Yeah. And I think we've made, not we particularly, but like the world has made more of a conversation of mental health than really even ever before. And yet mm-hmm. people still feel alone. And yet- 50% of students at Yale struggling with depression. I mean, that is crazy. Like you kind of think, right? Like, hey, maybe my kid could be Ivy League and they could go to Yale and they could study and like they'd be they'd be set. Yeah. And you don't assume that your kid would then struggle with depression, right? Yeah. So so I think that that says, that says something. That says a lot. And like we're going to go on to say, you, you got to admit it sometimes. Yes. And you will find that there are other people to help hold your arms up. Uh, like Pastor Keith said last week, right? Like when you share a burden, it gets lighter. Yes. Like you don't you don't inflict that entire burden upon someone. It actually, other people are there to help hold you up. And yes, there is depression in churches, of course. Yeah. So, and even Jesus struggled with some really dark times, right? Yeah. Like when Satan brings him out into the wilderness. And, I mean, for 40 days, Jesus is like, basically being tormented by the devil. And mm-hmm. yes, he did struggle with his mental health during that time. I can assure you, because he was fully man too. Yes. And so he felt everything. And so Jesus felt depression. Jesus felt anxiety. Jesus felt worry. So no, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And no, you're not a, a sinner or yeah. that you don't belong here. I, I think that uh, it's important to say that you're not, um, you're not failing if, if, if you're going through depression. Yeah. I don't think that you're, you're, I, I know you're not failing as a, as a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many things in this life that there's, there's a, that stat would ring true. Mm-hmm. Like that we can say uh, Americans and obesity, that stats, what 50% of Americans are obese. Yeah. And we've just swept that under the rug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not, that's, I mean, are we at, are we in a position where we're just kind of, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So there's wow. no fixing it. Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, true. 50%. I think if you take that Yale stat, that Yale stat was studied by Yale. So I know Yale has its, mm-hmm. it's a merit. And yeah. When, when something's backed up by Yale, it's, should listen to it. Mm-hmm. I think if you went 50, 50% of students at NWTC, 50% of students at UWGB, 50% yep. of students at Eau Claire, yeah. 50% of students at Texas A&M, mm-hmm. at Cal State Fresno. 
I think that that number rings true. I don't think that it's indicative of just the brick and mortar. I think that it's mm-hmm. 50% of the people at Schreiber Foods, 50% of the people at Humana, yes. 50% of the people mm-hmm. at, that's just a number. And we've, mm-hmm. we, we have either, uh, don't want to talk about it cause it, it's not as pretty mm-hmm. as any other ailment mm-hmm. or we've just accepted that's how life is. 50% of marriages are going to end in divorce. Yeah. That's a fact, Jack. Yeah. Do I want it to be that way? No. Mm-hmm. 50%. Yeah. Do I think that we don't have any divorcees at Life Church? No. <laughs> that's just, right. it's, it's, that'd be statistically impossible. Yeah. That's it. That has happened. Yeah. Yeah. Have you failed as a Christian because you're divorced? No. 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 Have you failed as a Christian because you're obese? No. Yeah. No. Nope. Have you failed as a Christian because you swore? No. Nope. Prior to this podcast, I swore 15 times. <laughs> our, our pre-show was heated. Our pre-show was, was heated today. Have you have you failed as a yeah. have you failed as a Christian because you're not perfect yet? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Are you disqualified from showing up to Life Church because you're? <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. So it's so true. It's so it's so and that's. And it's interesting too, the disqualified, because I've had some moments with people where they're like, yeah, I don't know if I'm qualified because I'm going through this. And I'm like, yeah, you are because you came and you're honest and you're allowing, and that allows God to, to heal and to get you in the right place. The fact that you're honest about it and you're open about it. And I know we talk about this in the other clip a little bit, but too, it's like, but it's, that's the reality is the reality is, you know, 50% of churches you know, 50% of people life church, you know, it's like, we have to think about it like that, you know, also like we're, you're not alone in this. You're not the only one when, you know, and that's why I said last week, you know, I don't want you, the enemy would love you to think that you're the only one stressing and, and pastor Dallas. Oh, it's two of us now. No, there's a lot of us. Yeah. And we just have to be honest with it because healing comes with that. And wholeness comes with that. When we're open and honest going, I am struggling and I'm not alone. And I think that's what I loved about this clip is it reminds us like, oh yeah, I'm not just struggling with this. Yeah. I'm not alone in this. Exactly. Yeah. Uh I don't think I I don't think I don't think this because biblically I haven't found a uh, I haven't found that God is upset that we've we fail continuously. Mm-hmm. He, he expects us to fail continuously. Mm-hmm. I think he's upset when we want to do it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And by upset I think he's sad. He's he's not he's not sad that you're going through a season right now. Mm-hmm. He's sad that you're not asking him for help. Come on. That's good. That's true. That's true. And I want to talk about this in church because church can be one of those places where we try to put on our very best, where we try to, where we try to look good, like we try to look like we got it all together. But sometimes that can create this false image where people think, wow, that's a bunch of perfect people who have everything all together, when truthfully we don't. So I want you to hear me loud and clear. It's okay for you not to be okay. God doesn't want you to stay not okay, but if we don't acknowledge that it's okay for you not to be okay, we'll never get any help. I I want you to hear this straight from my mouth. It is okay for you not to be okay. I am not always okay. So if you're kicking the tires and you're trying to figure out if Life Church is a good fit for you, I want you to know up front, you have found a place where we are all working through some stuff. 
where we all have a few hangups and hiccups. We all have messed up and we all are messed up in some way. Some of us just got to this hospital a little earlier than you. So I want this place to be an environment where it's okay for us to express what's going on inside. Because if we don't create an environment where it's okay for you not to be okay, you're gonna hide it. And that's where all the problems really begin. Because secrets grow in secret. You know, I think the Bible's pretty clear that if you're breathing, you're not disqualified. If you're alive, you're not disqualified. Uh, there's still more for you. And the only person who's disqualifying you is yourself. Uh, it really doesn't matter what other people have to say about you or what other people think about you, right? And I think that's the fear of walking into church maybe for the first time. What are other people gonna think about me? Are they gonna know? What are they gonna think of my tattoos? Like, I don't know. Whatever whatever the thing is that like you're, you're holding and you're a little bit scared of. But like Pastor Sean said, this, this is a hospital. Yes. <laughs> it is for you, especially if you are unwell, because I can assure you, if you're living life without Jesus, you are unwell. Yeah. And you're, you're searching, you're looking. Yeah. And that is what church is supposed to be about. You're supposed to come. And no, it's not, you're not gonna stay not okay forever, but you will go through seasons. Like I said before, I'm not clinically depressed, but that doesn't mean that I don't have down seasons because yes. I do. Yes. And sometimes those seasons are a day and sometimes they're longer than that. Sometimes they're months yeah. or like I'm wrestling with stuff or working through stuff, but you know what? I will never do it without God. I will never do it without walking right next to Jesus because I know the alternative, just not that great. Yeah. <laughs> not that great. It's okay not to be okay and, and to say you're not okay. Um, so Sunday, my, uh, my wife, who I love a lot, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that, <laughs> uh, had some bad back issues, like really bad back issues and was kind of struggling and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, people noticed. And, and one of the persons who noticed was a chiropractor and came to her and said, hey, are, are, you, are you all right? You look like you're a little off. And she could have go, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But she was honest. She goes, no, I'm, I, I'm dealing with some really bad back pain, like really bad. And so this woman, uh, her, her name is Melissa, uh, Melissa Battle, great chiropractor, said, come see me tomorrow. In fact, I'll do it for free. Just come. Like, I think I, I want to help. And, uh, and she helped. I mean, it, it, it took some, she, it, it, I heard, you know, I went with her because she was in so much pain. She couldn't drive wow. by herself. So I had to drive her and kind of help her. Um, so walking in, she needed help getting in, but walking out, even that one session walking out, she goes, it, it hurts not as bad though as it did. Wow. But imagine if she was like, no, I'm okay. I'm Okay she would probably still be in probably worse pain because of it. And I, that's why I love that pastor called the church a hospital because sometimes we have to just be go, I, I, I'm not okay. Like, that's why we do prayer. You know, that's why we stop worship to do prayer because we go, we're not doing okay. And we're, you're not alone. And we want to help you and we want to pray with you. And there's some weeks where it's like, oh, we're all doing Okay. Like we're all okay. Cause like no one's coming for prayer. Like, right. like we should have lines of people. Yeah. And I, and I, and I hope that when you're listening to this podcast, you go, yeah, why am I trying to hold it all together? 
where I should be given to the God who can do all things, mm-hmm. you know? And, and you have to remember people who pray for you, they're not people with great advice. They're just people who go, God, give me words, give me wisdom to help this person, you know, to pray for this person, to, to, to help them surrender to you and surrender to the fact that I'm not okay and I'm struggling and I need to give this to God. That's what you do in hospitals. In hospitals, you go, I'm not okay. And I need help and I need healing and I need, I need you to, to move. And so like, so yeah, I, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to come in with that not okay-ness because God can do amazing things through that. Yeah. I mean, just imagine you going into a hospital and telling a doctor like, you know, Actually, I think I got like I got this. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I just don't your really Your arm's falling yeah, off. You're, you're like, like oh, I'm good. critiquing the doctor like I don't think you should sew my arm on back that way. Uh-huh. Like I don't know if you're sewing it on right. You know, yeah. maybe that's why they knock you out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can't have a say. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I think there's something to be said about that, right? Like mm-hmm. like you do you know that you need you need the help. Yes. And so just will you humble yourself? Will you come to the to the one source? As the one source of yeah. life. There yeah. is life here. I think it's not a, um, a misnomer that we're called life church, mm-hmm. right? Like God is life. Mm-hmm. And right now, maybe you don't, you don't even know what that means because you've just been living in like death. And when I say that, you're like, wow, well, I don't know if it's death, but like when things don't feel like they're going your way, when like your family's down on you or your spouse is down on you all the time. And you just feel like down, down. And you finally are just like down on yourself too. And like, you've started to speak that over yourself. I'm no good. I'm a failure. I can't do anything right. I just want to give up. Mm -hmm. I just want to give up. Yeah. That's why Pastor Sean said, don't give up. There is more, there is life for you. Mm -hmm. You promise that. Beyond contrary belief, I'm doing just fine. Um, no one tells me what to do with those bumpers. They don't, they don't tell me what to write and they don't, I, every one of them, I, there's a, there's, I like, I've narrated part of my life in it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that one was a, a distinct moment in my, in my, in my faith that I remember I said that and, uh, and I, and I was not doing, I was not doing fine, but. I lied to myself up until then that I was, mm-hmm. I was a, gosh, maybe 21, 20, 20. I was a 20. I was in a court appointed, um, uh, what, 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 I had to go to groups, but the state of Wisconsin told me that I was, should do that or go to jail. And, uh, and I, I, I was, I guess, um, I wasn't, I was, I was, I, I was sober. I was, I was new to that and I, I hadn't done drugs in a while, but I wasn't really talking to people. I wasn't getting better. And I was in this group one afternoon and it was probably right towards the end of, of my, uh, of my, uh, sentence. Um, I was going to be off probation for it. And I remember I was in the group and, and I don't wear, I don't have a good poker face when, when something's bothering me, I, my face shows it. And the, the person leading the group, uh, my, my counselor at the time, uh, he asked how I was doing and, and the people in the group, there's like 10 of us or something that, and they were, they were, they were all chiming in then like, yeah, you don't look right, man. You, 
you look angry and uh, you know one when get a group of people kind of nitpicking how you are and I go well, you know what guys you know what and I, I probably swore at that point I said you know beyond beyond contrary belief I'm I'm doing just fine guys and I remember the the one line that uh, the counselor to whom I, I reach out to every year on my sobriety anniversary to just tell him I'm alive and still there uh, he goes well I know that I know that you're fine is really effing bad. And I say that and I put that there in that, in that bumper because how, how, how often have I said in my life, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I can do this, I'm fine, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm like, not fine. I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost never fine. You know, I'm, I, I, I don't know if, if you're like me, if you're listening. I, I ride a lot of highs and I ride a lot of lows. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm fine, um, I'm almost, I'm almost, I'm almost on the edge of going through a bad spell. Like fine for me is the, the yellow light to a season that's going to be really tough. And I, I guess I say that as an encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause, cause, uh, yeah. uh, the times when I'm really good, I are correlated with the times I'm really close to God. Mm-hmm. The times when I'm really bad, they're self-manufactured. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could, I wish I could say on this microphone to how many hundreds of people are going to listen to this, that, that I'm fine a lot of the time. And I'm, I'm I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I'm always on the edge of kind of breakdown. Um, And I don't think I'm the only person that feels that way. Yeah. I think the people in my experience, I've never really been attracted to fake people. Mm-hmm. They have, I, they're in my life and, but I don't have solid, strong relationships with people that I think are blatantly pretend. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you live, who, who do I feel worse for me or are the ones that are only putting on a pretend show? Mm-hmm. And I've, I, I, I feel, I feel unfinished myself, but I feel sad for them. Mm-hmm. And probably a lot of the reason why I don't really care for social media, because social media is really pretend to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of really pretend stuff mm-hmm. and I don't get like, Oh, I want that. I wish I had that. I don't, I don't usually go through those things because, but I, 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 I never really close Facebook feelings happy. Yeah. I usually close it going, ah, mm-hmm. I'm sad for them. Yeah. Cause, cause I don't really care how like, like all those beautiful pictures you posted up. Like that doesn't, that's not why I like you. Mm-hmm. That's not why I like you at all. That's not why we are, we're friends. That's not why I accepted that friendship. Yeah. Those are what you, what those pictures are, are pretend. Mm-hmm. And I'm sad that you feel like you have to pretend to a large group of people that don't really care about your pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sad about that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a work in progress. I haven't given up. Um, if I had a magic, magic potion or spell that could make you better, I'd, I'd, I'd give it to you. Mm. I can tell you that in my experience with battling lifelong depression is that 
the bouts in which I am I'm very happy and content are always, 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 always correlated with how close I am to God and his word. Mm-hmm. Yes. The times when I, when I, I am, even when I'm still reading the word and I'm still doing the action of prayer, uh, I go into to bouts of seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. So there's not, it's not a do this and you're healed for life because you still have free will. Mm. But you're not alone. You're, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're not by yourself. Some days are better than others. And uh, I suppose until I expire on this one, that uh, I'm still in the game. Yeah. And I think it's important for you to hear because sometimes, listener, I know that we, you go, oh, you guys are pastors, you guys are leaders. You probably aren't struggling. No, we struggle. We struggle. And so, again, that's why it's okay to not be okay because even leaders struggle and even leaders go through tough times. But but the source is we, we go to a God who is okay, <laughs> who is more than okay, and who wants to heal and help us. And so you're not alone. Even leaders, even pastors, even people who you think are perfect have struggles and, and we, we want to help. Our lifestyle is physiologically, physically reshaping and reforming our brains. And one of the things it's affecting the most is our ability to process pain. We are trying to process our pain in private. So that makes us try to self-medicate. We try to eat it away or drink it away, smoke it away or watch it away. And our seclusion is just adding to our struggles. Then add in the fact that this generation is insistent upon having peer-to-peer mentoring and it swells the storm to tsunami proportions. We were never meant to have peer-to-peer mentoring. I mean, if as a 15-year-old I'd listen to all the other 15-year-olds in my life, I'd never be on this stage today. When I was 15, all every other 15-year-old dude wanted to do was make me feel bad. All every other 15-year-old dude wanted to do was make me feel like I was inferior to them. God didn't design kids to mentor kids through Instagram or Snap or YouTube. It was always his plan for us to have elder to youth mentoring. But the problem is that hit a roadblock when such a huge percentage of our older generation became arrested in development and refused to grow up. So I am challenging some of you older people to get in the game, get into the lives of younger people. One of the things I love about not being here all the time is when I come back around, man, I am shocked how different this church looks from week to week. Like what Pastor Dallas and Pastor Becky and Pastor Keith, like uh, like the people that they are attracting, uh, they're different than the people that I was attracting. They're just like younger and cooler and wear tighter clothes and they're better, no offense to you people who came when I was the main guy here, but like, it's like they're just young and they're just like, they're worshiping. And like, I stand over there and I go, where did all these millennials come? Like, this is, this is amazing. There's so many of them. And can I tell you that younger people want it, cherish it, desire it. They're desperate to be mentored, to be taught, to be trained. But too many of us are busy standing around complaining while allowing the creation of a selfie generation. 
What what's up here? Like, what's I, I think that peer to peer mentoring. Uh, I think when you hear the word peer, you think someone a someone a cohort, mm-hmm. someone yeah. that is my age, and uh, I don't know if in that reference that I agree with that word as peer. Um, like that they shouldn't be uh, mentoring each other. I, I think if you trans, if you use the word peer as, as somebody at the same level and health that you are mm-hmm. probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But I have met many a people that were younger than me, but much wiser. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I see that, 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 that Holy spirit in their eye. And I mm-hmm. say, I like what you have. How do I get some of that? Yeah. Age is not necessarily the threshold for, because I've also sat down and, and pastored people that were much older than me yep. that I would want, I want nothing to do with their faith walk. Mm-hmm. And I say that by their, the, the, how some of the things they say and the lifestyles they're leading and the unteachability they have. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So I, if you're 25 years older than me and are exuding that, yeah. Trust me, I, I, you don't have any, you're not selling anything I want to buy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's age so much when I say peer to peer, when Sean said peer to peer, I, I don't know if it's, if it's age that we should, well, cause we're always going to correlate that. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm a, I'm a older man. I should probably mentor. You should, me- yes, you should mentor these younger adults. If you yourself are healthy. Yes. And yes. if you are healthy, and you're not in this game, I promise you that I, I, I don't want to speak for God, but I promise you that when you do meet him, he's going to say, what happened? Yeah. Where were you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So you have these riches that I've bestowed upon you, these riches of wisdom, mm-hmm. these riches of peace, and you didn't want to share with anyone? Yeah. I, I have reason to believe that if I, when I meet God and I don't do that, mm-hmm. he is going to bring that up very clearly. Yeah. Am I the... Am, I am the men's pastor here. Uh, if you've listened, this, this is your first episode. Uh, I've told you these things so that you can have faith. You know, I'm not perfect. I am very far from it, but you know what? I haven't got, given up either. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, but you know what? In my imperfections, I look for the one that is. In all of my faults, I look to give it to God. Yeah. Does does that make my life cheery and rosy? No, mm-hmm. no. I do. Do I have issues? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I also have. I also have a God that's bigger than all those. Yeah. I I have a, and I'm not just I'm not just plain Jesus person. Mm-hmm. Like I don't take this coat off when I get home, and I'm a I'm a douchebag. Then mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not that. I'm also not going to put on this jacket of, 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 Christ, of a Jesus person and pretend to be something I'm not. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am, I, am I where I want to be? No. No, I, I think that I have, like I said, I have, a, I have some time yet here. Every day I'm getting better. Some days I go, some days I go back. And, but I inevitably will, go, will, will get better and better and better and better. But it, it, it's... it's I'm not going to pretend like I have all the answers either. I, I can tell you that God has shown me more in the word 
when I'm, when I'm defeated and humbled and say, what do I do? Then when I'm ready to be taught some stuff, God unloads. So I ask, I ask like you guys, as like listeners, like, are you, would you consider yourself teachable? Like, are you teachable today? Hmm. Like you've read that story over and over in the Bible. You've been taught it your whole life. Do you think you know all of the answers to that story? Or is there something more to learn from that story? Mm, yeah. That's a good telltale sign. When I, when I sit down and have a Bible study with somebody and they're like, no, nope, it means this. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. We, we, should, we could put this on, uh, on the internet then. And yeah. We got this book wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Guys, the other ones, work on. But Homeboy said, this is what that story means. Yeah. We don't have to study anymore. Just memorize what this guy said. Yeah. And so when, when, when I want to get around people that have that attitude, it's like, Oh really? I'd love to hear what it means then. Yeah. Uh, because God for me is he's keeps showing me hmm. different lines in the book, different. Hmm. And they hit differently in this, in this season of my life than they did 10 years ago, than they did 15 years ago, than they did 30 years ago. They're just hitting different. Yeah. And I can't believe that if they're hitting different, that, that maybe I, that I knew it all, when I first started reading it, you know? So, yeah. I think you're, I think you're onto something here because Pastor Sean doesn't say TikTok, but that's what he means. He means that like, uh, you know, just this really general flippant, like, like, Hey, here's, you know, here's how I do this and here's how you should do that. And here's advice on this. And, uh, you know, when you start going on TikTok, it's like, wow, like the amount of like younger people that'll just throw it out. And then the problem is the amount of people like, okay, so their peers, right. They're at the same like level as you're kind of saying spiritually, like they're taking that as like truth and they're, you know, building their lives around that. And what happens is you start to develop a hard heart. And then when you hear truth, like you hear God's truth and what God says about those topics, you go, nope, I got it all figured out, man. Like I heard it. I saw it on TikTok so many times. Can't even tell you. Like I've t- I got all the advice I need. I don't need your Jesus thing because I got it. And now you've just created this like impenetrable wall, uh, you know, based on your own knowledge and what you think because of what other people have said. And so I, I love this clip. It's as a younger generation, will we be willing to let someone who is older and wiser and farther along in their Jesus journey than us speak into us? I think that's the first step here too. Like, yes, we need the older people to, to speak into us, but Will we be receptive to that? And will we lay down the the TikTok? Will we delete it? Will we delete our Instagram and start to say, I don't have the answers. And you know what? For all of my scrolling, I don't have better mental health today than I did two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I've seen all of these different reels and whatever, like I don't feel... I don't feel more filled or I don't feel like I'm a better person. And if that's true... Mm-hmm. then you're just doing the same thing over and over again, which as we know is the definition of insanity. You're hoping for a different result. You're hoping for that you're going to feel better tomorrow morning or you're going to wake up and be released from depression or released from anxiety, but you're unwilling to accept the message mm-hmm. that can save you from that. Yeah. And so that is the danger of the peer-to-peer, the the same level to the same level yeah. mentoring. And it is explosive right now because that is the thing on TikTok. That is like, mm-hmm. that's just how it is. And it's on Instagram too. And it's on Facebook too. So it's just those, 
It's just the delivery system. Yeah. And there's nothing new under the sun. This oh. has been going on. Yeah. There right? You go. It just looks different now. And it's a little bit more accessible now, I think, than it's ever been. Yeah. And I, uh, it's, I love, I love every approach of this. This is a really great clip because my clip went to that there, I've met people that are quiet, but when they talk, they go, Whoa, I didn't expect that. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's where I kind of took it with, uh, with there's some people who are being silent where God says, I need you to speak. Because because there's people who think they know it all, but they have no life experience. They just have head knowledge, but no life experience. Mm. And so they're finding out this stuff is, <laughs> they, they think it's going to work, but then 10 years online, you're like, does it still work? And they're like, no. I heard a guy go, that's why I think it's very important that um, we, we don't let, uh, you know, certain um, believers, young believers become authors really quick. Because sometimes, you know, they, they'll give you wisdom that they won't believe 10 years down the line. Mm. Uh, the author of um, I've Kissed Dating Goodbye has said, and I can't tell you the name, but if you looked it up, uh, has come out and says he doesn't agree with any of the things that he says anymore because he had no life experience with it. Mm. He's a young believer who goes, I got some ideas. I'm going to write it down. And he just mm. typed it away. Da, 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 da. And people are like, this is great. This is great. This is great. And now he doesn't believe it anymore because there was no life behind it. And I think that's what pastor is saying is like, hey, some of you guys got some wisdom and life like experience that this younger generation, uh, and I agree with you too, not just physically younger, but mentally younger need to hear. They need to hear that, you know what? Um, this is my second time reading the Bible or no, my 30th time reading the Bible. Cause some people, there's some people leaving the way who's only read the Bible twice, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And they're like, and I know it. And it's like, okay, but what has God revealed to you in your fifth time reading that mm -hmm. scripture and right. sixth time reading that yeah. scripture, you know, because like, like I said a couple of weeks ago, that's how, I, how I interpret when he says infinite knowledge, there's layers and layers and layers. layers. And, and, and so God's calling some, some, you know, to quote our pastor, some of you old heads, to come out and say, you know what? I need to be start speaking up because some of you guys want to lead the charge in immaturity. And I need you to know that like, you, I want, I believe in you and I think you're going to do great things, but I need some maturity in there. We need to find the the fruit behind your leadership, the the source behind your your drive and make sure it lasts longer than 10 years. Mm. That this, this Jesus journey is supposed to be for the rest of your life. It's not supposed to be a two minute thing. Heck yeah. So like that's, why I, and so that was my interpretation, but yeah. this is a good clip because all of us had like three different things from that. I've, so. I love that. I felt like I needed to say this is that as you get older, I think the temptation is to pull out more, right? There's retirement and there. It, like, it's your money now. It's your life now. You can do whatever you want. So what's the motivation? And I think the motivation is supposed to be the younger generation instead of the, like the sit back and watch the news and complain like it, the younger generation is your motivation to to go to help to to speak into. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we've kind of forgotten that a little bit in like our culture, just the way that it's set up, right? Like the way that it runs. Yeah. Like uh, I don't always feel like there's a ton of older, wiser gurus mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. You know, like maybe they're kind of tired and they don't. But it tends to be the people with the energy who control the conversation. Is it, it, do you, do you think, uh, Megan, that in that regard, um, we keep doing what we're doing because, because human beings are habitual by nature. So is it that there isn't any, uh, one around now to do that? Like we don't have the old wise person on the corner 
because we just don't have wise people anymore. Like it's not because they click the retirement button that, that, well, now I'm going to go do something else. We are habitual by nature. Uh, Mm. Most people, when they retire, they actually keep working. Mm. They do something. They get busy. So the fact that we have this void of, of elders that could tell the stories on the street corners and all the young kids are around. They're like, Oh, he's, is it, is, 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 is it because society, how we, how that has progressed? Is it because that they're doing new things? No, I just think that they weren't doing it at all to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so we have this, this stop gap yeah. of this void, like you said. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we're, we're seeing the, the turn in the younger generation, mm-hmm. in the Gen Z, in the millennial, yeah. this like, this desire and this passion, like pastor said, the, you know, not kids, young adults who yeah. sit up in the front rows who yeah. are like, they're desperate to be in the front row, not because they like need to be seen or because they like, you know, are important, but because they're desperate to be close to Jesus. And that like- It's baffling. It's, it's, it's amazing. It fires me up. It's baffling. It's, it fires me up because- It fires me up too. Yeah. that That's why we're here. Y'all, that's yeah. that's literally why we're here, to just be desperate to be close to Jesus. And all these things that we go through in life, they're meant to push us closer to Jesus. I got to remind myself of that all the time. Like, God, why am I going through this thing? Mm-hmm. It's just like, you still don't get it? Like, <laughs> I yeah. want you to come to me. Yeah. I yeah. want you to be closer to me. Mm-hmm. And if that means your temporary suffering for your better relationship with yeah. me, then temporaries yep. suffer away. I would think that like, I, I don't want to come off like a sob story in the beginning. Cause like the, I, I am very happy. I'm a very happy person most yeah. times, but there, I would be lying to you if I'm happy all the time, but I'll tell you what there, when I say self-manufactured, it's exactly what you just said. God's like, I get the best out of you when this is your pregame. Yeah. And so if your pregame is, is you questioning yourself and you being scared to change and, and afraid of the things around you, then I don't like it. I don't think it's the healthiest approach, but I tell you what, when you, when you hurt bad enough, you're going to come see a doctor, Mm. you know, when it hurts that bad, you're going to come see a specialist. And when it hurts that bad, you finally say, all right, I can't, what God help. And that's when I get the best work out of you. And (laughs) will that change over my life? I hope so. I hope his, I hope my best work comes without that season. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the goal. But if it never does either, the point is that I'm still giving God my best work. Mm-hmm. And I, if, if, you, if, if, you, if you're listening, you're like, I, I don't know if I've given God my best work. I, I, I don't know. What, 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 what are you doing? What, what can you do differently today than you did yesterday? Yes, that's what, it. What can you do different? Yeah. I, yeah, you were human by nature. We're habitual creatures that are yep. that are sautéed in sin. Ask yourself, when's the last time someone taught me something? Yeah. And if it's been a while, then you're not teachable and you need to be. Right. And so like, if, if you can go, huh, it's been a while since someone really taught me something, then you're not teachable then. Because, and, and you go, well, no, I just, you know, I have, yeah, because you're not positioning yourself to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, putting you're putting yourself not, around people yeah. that could teach you something. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 you're fighting in a weight class and you're dominating. Yeah. You and it's about time you move up a weight class. Exactly. I agree. I heard once if you say, I know, when someone else is talking to you, like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You've actually stopped 
your brain from learning what they're trying to tell you because you are literally telling your brain that you already know it and it doesn't have to pay attention and it doesn't have to learn. And I can't tell you how many times I've caught myself. And it's usually in moments of like kind of embarrassing correction, right? Where you're like, I know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I get it. I got it, mom. Right? Like, I know. I know. But you've stopped learning. That's so good. Wow. Are we on clip four? Yes, I think we are. I think so. Okay. (laughs) Enter clip four. We do it all the time. We metaphorically go into this wilderness by ourselves, but life was not meant to be lived alone. From the very beginning, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Some of you are isolated, which incidentally you can be while you're still sitting right next to someone. You can be surrounded by people and still be alone. You can be simultaneously surrounded and secluded because you're silent about your struggle. And that is some of you. Your voice has become the only voice you're listening to, but when you're not feeling right, you're the last person you should be taking advice from because you can't trust yourself. So you can't isolate yourself. It's why we have life groups. They're not a luxury, they're a necessity. You have to have a place where you can be real. You have to have someone in your life who knows your secrets. You don't have to tell everyone, but you do have to tell someone. Somebody needs to know what you're thinking about or the devil is gonna exploit your feelings in a moment of weakness. But if you can just get into a group of people and get real, if you could just take the mask off and say, guys, listen, no one knows this, but you're gonna find a a whole lot of other people are gonna say, really? I thought I was the only person thinking that, or I thought I was the only person who was feeling that. It's why scripture says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. We all need someone to have our back because if we do, We'll conquer those negative thoughts and those negative emotions. And if two is good, three are even better because a triple braided cord isn't easily broken. Whatever you do, don't isolate yourself. I'm sure I'm not the only person with this experience. Um, But, you know, growing up, even as a young adult, I would go through things and I would tell my friends uh, who at the time just weren't like Jesus people. And... Not only did they give me bad advice, but they then used the things that I admitted to them as kind of like blackmail down the road. And it made me very uh, insecure as a person and and quiet, really. And people would say that I was shy or that I would be, you know, they were like intimidated by me because I didn't talk a lot. And I would just kind of sit there. They're like, I don't know, I can't figure you out. You're just like hard to understand because I had been hurt. People had hurt me because I had given them things that I should not have given them, right? And uh, that's why you need Jesus' people because when you tell the wrong people, eh, it kind of backfires and uh, it doesn't doesn't necessarily do what it needs to do. But when you tell the right people, not only do they not hurt you or not make you feel insecure or, or scared or anything like that, but like they help you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's hard to like accept at first, I think, because mm-hmm. you're like, really, you want to help me? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Uh, but they do. And like Pastor says, yeah, groups are a great place to start. But what we've really seen in the last year is that you'll probably come to a group here, like a Bible study or something, and you'll meet someone or two people or three people. And then you know what you guys are going to do? You're going to get together. You're going to have dinner. Your kids are going to meet each other. Your spouses are going to meet each other. And you're going to like start doing your own thing. 
And you're slowly going to like, you're going to become like a little snowball and you're going to pick up other people in the church. And like your friends are going to introduce you to other friends and like, you're going to develop this community. And so it's not even necessarily about like the life groups we have to offer. Cause like, yeah, they're great. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. And they're a great starting place, but go into it with a mindset of studying and learning what you can and finding that person or two people that like you can pour into and they can pour into you and you can just, I mean, you know, connect. It can't just be single-minded. Yeah. You have to go, you have to go into life groups going like, I need, I I need to find like-minded people. There you go. I need to find people who are like, yeah, that's my story too. Because like I, you know, I've said in the past, we all have different perspectives on the same issue sometimes. And sometimes we just need a different perspective to go, yeah, I didn't look at it like that. Oh, thank you for saying that, you know, and, and you will, you'll find great friends. I found great friends in, in life groups and doing, cause it's, it's supposed to be doing life together. Mm-hmm. And so you can't go into a group and going like, what can you guys give me? <laughs> you know, Hey, what do you guys, yeah. oh, you're going to, we're going to talk about it. It's cool. Give it to me. Then that's just single-minded. Yeah. And 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 you will not grow and you will go because you'll go, well, I wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Wow. Eh, it was said, mm-hmm. it, you guys said it was going to be this, but it should have been this. And it's like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or going to these groups and be like, they, I, I knew what they were. I knew. I knew the answer. I knew the answer. Exactly. Oh, I already know the answer. I just want to be right. No, that's not the whole point. Mm -hmm. The whole point is like, hey, here's the topic. Now let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Like that's the point. Let's bring life experiences into it because it brings healing, wholeness, direction, friendships, uh, accountability, like uh, so many different things, you know? I I did I did financial peace. I led financial peace. I'm not a financial expert. <laughs> I went in as a person going, yeah, I need some financial peace too, you know. So and so if you come into it going like, I just want to see how good I am at finance. No, it's got to be coming like, <laughs> hey, what do you guys do with this? Like that teachability needs yeah. to be in that with life groups. You're like, how do you guys deal with depression? Because I I keep going the same thing, just being by myself, and I don't think that works. You know, wow. again. <clears throat> the definition of an insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, thinking a different result. Do you want to live in insanity or you live, live in change? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got to go into life groups differently. You can't go, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> if anything, if you want change your life, you should just close your eyes and just go, boom. Yeah. You know, unless it's like a li- women's group, then you can't do that. But <laughs> just close unless your eyes you're and go, a woman. Yeah, hey, unless you're a woman. But like, if it me It would a- not be the first time we had a, a guy show up to our <laughs> ladies' like dinner. We were like, oh. Oh, you, got, you read it wrong. <laughs> you read it wrong. <laughs> and you know what? That guy, he did get plugged in here. I'm, I'm like actually pretty proud. Proud of him. He was trying. He was trying. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's, <laughs> it's, topic. and so, but that's the, the yeah. reality is your, your mindset should be, it doesn't matter what, I just need to be in a group. Yeah. I don't care what, what it is. I don't care if we're talking about, you know, this or this. I just need to be around a group of people. So if there's a marriage thing going on, I don't, that's all I'm reading. I'm not reading marriage group that's talking about, you know, blah, blah, blah's book. Okay. I'll get blah, blah, blah's book, but I need to be in a marriage group with other married people. That's got to be the mindset. I don't know why I got all fired up about this. <laughs> it was just like, maybe because I'm just tired of the know-it-alls. <laughs> hey, this is a, this is a raw that's, real yeah, episode. That's, that's yeah. accurate. Okay. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, teachability is the, the, and as I, as I, I come in coming as an expert, I guess, like an expert is what they say. If you've done it for 20 years, you're probably an expert. Oh, I think I'm an expert at depression, <laughs> but I'll tell you the, the things that have 
have really, really helped me because today, like, again, I, I'm so better than I was five, 10 years ago, 15 years, 20 years ago, teenager. Um, my life, my life is really good. Is it, am I, am I healed? Like, is it gone, gone? No, 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 it's not. There are one that comes that, it, the, but the cool thing is when I have seasons of depression or when I have seasons of, I'm not really an angry person. Like I, like I used to be a super angry and violent person. I'm not, I don't have those fits of rage anymore. Um, but when these, these seasons come, the, the casualties next to me are minimal now. You know, where in the beginning, when I first started doing these things, the, 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 the casualties around me were great. I harmed a lot of people in my, in my seasons of you put in whatever you want to put in there, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I bet you, uh, I, I'm going to guess that if, if you're listening and, and, and going through seasons of put in whatever you want there, um, you're probably harming people. Mm-hmm. And in my, in my, in my Jesus journey here, uh, the casualty list is more minimal. Mm-hmm. I don't do as much damage now when I go through seasons. There are in fact, there are a lot of people that, are around me that I don't know if this is a good thing for me to say or not, that don't even realize I'm going through it. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. But my closest people that I do, I do have close people. They always know. Yeah. And there were times in my life that the closest people to me never know. Mm-hmm. Or there were times in my life where I didn't have close people, you know? So I do have a, a pocket of people that know when I'm going through seasons, my seasons, uh, they used to be weeks and now they're, days and sometimes they're hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I failing as a Christian? No. In fact, if, if anything, I think I'm excelling now you know? yeah. when I'm minimizing my casualty list and my, and the duration of which I want to hang out in that mind space that has gone down. Is it, is it solved completely? No, no, it's, it's not. It, it, it comes up here and there mm-hmm. sometimes more often than others, but I'm improving. I'm getting better at the remedy um, the remedy is always, it's, it's always God. And, it, and sometimes these seasons come when God's saying, well, I want more. Mm. Uh, you've given me, you've given me enough, like enough to get you this far, but your next step will require more. Mm-hmm. Your next step will require greater dedication to me. Your next step will require more study, more, more prayer, more meditation. And you're, you're, you're like a, you're like a, a toddler whose bones are just getting stretched and they, they scream in the middle of the night when they sleep because they're, they're, it's called growing pains. You know, if you've never heard a child wake up, go, ah, like, like my, my boy did that a couple of years back. And as a, as a father, you want to run to, but there's nothing I can do for that. There's, there's absolutely nothing I can do for that. He's just growing. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can pray, you can say Son, it's going to get better, but sometimes the bones just need to stretch and sometimes it's going to hurt. Yes. And, and I'll tell you what, when you get, when you get out of that stretching, um, you're a bigger person. You're a better person. Yep. You're, he's growing in to become the person that God wants him to be. And That's it requires it. the bones to get stretched. That's it. And your bones may be getting stretched. You know what? You've been like, well, I've only ever known my bones getting stretched. <sighs> what do you got with that? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you've done, when you've gone an entire life of depression, what, 
I can, I, when I, I, I look at it and say, but you're still here. Like what, what, what does God have planned for you that it's just going to require a little bit more. It's going to require that last ingredient, that last, I can't, he can, so I'm going to let you. Mm-hmm. And then what? Then the slingshot just gets let go. You know, when I, when I, when I, I don't know, when, when people have those, those demons around them and they are chasing you down a dark road, demons around you. We can look at them as, as, as poor, poor them, or we can look at them as what, what enormous tasks does God have ready for that person? Yeah. That just requires you to just keep going, but eventually stop and say, I can't, you can take it over. And when you get, when you get empowered like that, it's, it's a weird war depression. It's a weird war that it's the only one that when you admit defeat, you finally win the battle, you know? Yeah. The war, when you throw the white flag and say, I don't, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't do this by myself, but God can, when you, when you lay that, you've, you've just unleashed your, the biggest weapon on the, onto the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And then what can happen? Yeah. Then what can happen? Why we started this with, do I, do I pity you as a listener that are going through depression? Do I pity myself? Do I pity my friends that I know have as well? Nope. Nope. I pity those people that, that are pretending. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I feel sad for those people. So good. You listener, you have something that God wants. You're going to do something that God needs. Yes, God needs you to do it. If anyone else could do it, I'm sure that he would be setting them up. But you have your play and your plan in this mission. And you just need to do that last step. I can't. He can. I'm going to let him. Mm-hmm. And just let him. Come on. Just let him. Don't give up. Uh, in the show notes, we have, we're going to have the, the, the suicide hotline in the show notes uh, and some other phone numbers and websites for help. Uh, I know that half of the listeners here um, are going through something. I know it. It's just a, it's just a game of numbers. I know that half of you are, you're not alone. I think that we want to, we want to feel like we can do this. No one wants to be hassled by my problems, but hassle us, hassle somebody. Yep. It's a weird thing. I, I can only keep what I have if I give it away. That's how I kind of lead as a pastor. I can only keep this spiritual peace that I have if I, if I give it away. It's a weird bank account. It's one of those weird ones that if I drain it, God fills it up tenfold. Mm. If I keep it all for myself, if I try and keep everything I have, inside and I don't want to share with anybody. God strips it quick. Come on. So good. So good. Yeah. Unload it on somebody. Unload it on somebody. Find somebody. That, uh, hey, half the pastors here can be just on the depression topic can be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just find somebody. Uh, yeah. Find somebody. Find somebody. Email us. So good. Seriously. E- email us. Uh, this last week I got a handful of emails and that was really cool. And they were uh, emails like what you guys do is really, 
really special, good episodes, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, those, those, those matter. (laughs) Those matter. Those, those feel those, those let me know that I'm not just talking into a a blank mic into a black void. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Cause sometimes I, sometimes it feels like we are just talking into a a microphone, into a blank void. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I know we always say this at the end to share, but I think for some of you guys, cause we, I've heard this man, I know so-and-so that needs to hear this, then share it with them. Say, Hey, I really like these three people's perspective on this, you know, share it with them, you know, get them. We're not making money off this podcast. So when we say share, don't think it's because we want, we're not, we're spending money and we're doing it because we want people to grow and mature from this and get some change out of it. So share it, let people know like, Hey man, this helped me a ton. And I I think you should listen to it. So. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening guys. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Oh, no.